Good morning. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. So glad that you're here with us today. Uh, please uh, indicate your presence if you would like by uh, saying hello in the chat. Uh, if you want us all to see your greetings, please be sure that the chat setting is on everyone. We look forward to having you joining us today. Oh, there we are. Okay, I didn't have my chat settings properly. So, uh, good morning to uh, Brian and Leanne. Morning from Abby, soon to be joined by John. Um, Robin and Lynn are shouting out as well. Uh, oh, we've had yet another Zoom update this morning. Oh, my goodness. Life is always throwing us curveballs, is it not? Uh, good morning to Judy Ohm and from Shirley Storms. Good morning, Jeff Mehal. Glad to see you. Hey, Donna. Uh, yes. Uh, Joe London says good morning, as does Peter Bishop, as does somebody whose name I need to uh, see more of here. Uh, oh, Jamie and Carrie Ansel. Good morning from Karen Storms. Good morning from Jenna. Laura Tyler. Hey, everybody. Glad to have you with us. Hey, Kristen. Good morning. Morning, Christine Parcelli. Good morning, Julie Drizzen. Good morning, Vincent. Oh, looks like we're going to have a good turnout today. Yay. Um, while you're gathering, this is a good time to get a candle if you want to have one for our candle lighting, along with uh, something to drink or snack on or anything else that you need to be comfortable for our time together. Good morning, Rajesh and Sue. We'll be starting in just another moment or two. Thanks to everyone for setting your chat setting on everyone. Good morning, Carol Rowie from New Mexico, where it's uh, kind of early there, but thank you for getting up for us. Um, yes, Judy, uh, thanking our speaker, Carol Carter, who conducted a Beyond Categorical Thinking workshop for us uh, last two days, and we will be hearing more about that. Um, I think we're ready to get started. Opening words this morning are from the Reverend Dr. Rebecca Savage. We light our candle as a beloved people united in love and thirsting for restorative justice. May it melt away the tethers that uphold whiteness in our midst. May it spark in us a spirit of humility. May it ignite in us radical love that transforms our energy into purposeful action. This is a candle of audacious hope. This candle shines a light on our shared past, signaling our intention to listen deeply, reflect wisely, and move boldly toward our highest ideals. Let us gather together. We begin our platform with music uh, from Maurice Ravel. This is the piano solo version of Petit Pousset. 
performed by somebody I know very well. Okay, I guess we don't need an encore. Good morning again. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. My name is Perry Bider. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I am the officiant this morning. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form uh, I think Maceo will put that in the link in the chat. Uh, and we hope that you'll join us after the platform for a virtual coffee hour and a chance to say hello to us then. If you're visiting from another ethical society or another Unitarian Universalist congregation, you're welcome to extend those greetings in the chat as well. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service. It will close for the address itself and then reopen. If you don't want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Uh, we also have closed captioning available. You can turn that on or off as you prefer.
Today's platform, as was mentioned, is the culmination of the Beyond Categorical Thinking Weekend. During the workshop on Friday and Saturday, West members have had a chance to unpack and move, beyond, move forward on dismantling implicit bias in the search for a new senior leader. At the workshop, we enjoyed the leadership and facilitation of today's guest speaker, Carol Carter-Walker. Carol is an active lay leader with the UUA and with the Paint Branch UU Church in Adelphi, and is a longtime Beyond Categorical Thinking facilitator. In addition to key leadership positions at Paint Branch, Carol has also held regional and national leadership positions in the UUA. Carol is currently a member of the Council of Elders, an advisory group of Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. She's a Washington, D.C. native. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. Our reader this morning is Joe London, a member of the Community Relations Committee. I'll turn it over to Joe for a brief announcement, followed by a reading of our statement of purpose. Joe? You're muted. Thank you, Perry. Yes, I would like to remind you that we ha are having a third workshop on uh, implementing the Community Relations Pact. This one is going to be on sustaining positive relationships. So save the date, January 22nd, for that workshop. And now the statement of purpose. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. And thank you to the CRC for all the work you are doing to help strengthen our community bonds. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now and share along in the candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Perry. Good morning, my name is Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them. I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. The conversation I'd like to have with you is based on words by my colleague, the Reverend Karen G. Johnston. Some of my Zoom companion panelists today will be human mirrors. So one at a time, um, I would like my companions to reflect some information back to me. So Perry, Joe, Maceo, Robin, and Carol will tell me you have something on your face or something similar. And after you do that, I'm gonna to respond to what you've told me. 
and then it'll be someone else's turn, okay? So Perry, let's start with you. Good morning, Perry, it's good to see you. Good morning, Lynn. Hey, uh, do you know that there's something on your face? Nope, no I don't. Nothing on my face except my face. Joe, thanks so much for being on the panel today. You muted. I always have to be reminded. Um, Lynn, I'm very glad to be here. But I, I want you to know, I noticed that you've got something on your face. Oh, everybody has something on their face at some point. Why mention it? It's always going to be this way. Hey, Maceo, how's your day going? Hey, Lynn, I'm fine. Good morning. You, you seem to have something on your face. That's impossible. I'm an expert face washer. I have studied face washing for years, and I am known for my advocacy of face washing. Oh, look, it's Robin. Hi, Robin. Hi, Lynn. Um, are you aware you have something on your face? I have something on my face? Oh, what's wrong with me? This is so embarrassing. Why do all the worst things happen to me? Maybe I should go back to bed. Well, at least I should say good morning to Carol first. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Lynn. Lynn, do you realize you have something on your face? I have something on my face? Oh, thank you for telling me. I've been washing it away bit by bit, but I guess some of it is stickier than I thought. I really appreciate you letting me know. Now, if we were in person, I would ask if any of my friends who have experience with a similar sticky situation would be willing to help me wash it off, but I think I can handle this one on my own after I'm done speaking. So thank you so much to all my companions for helping me tell this story. Um, let's reflect on it for a little bit. When you think about being in community together and keeping our community relations packed, did any of those responses sound familiar? Which response would lead to being able to correct our mistakes and to understand each other? Now it's easy for people to get hurt when we're trying our best to build community. Yet the conversations that help us to move past those hurts can deepen our relationships and help us to be more welcoming. Being in a community that works to be open-hearted and inclusive is actually pretty hard sometimes because we don't get to pr practice being in that kind of community very often outside of West. We are trying to do something different here. So sometimes when we're building community together, it's important to listen to what other people have to say, even if we might not want to hear it at first. But we do that because it's part of our agreements with each other agreements like the Community Relations Pact, and the agreements we make in our classrooms and in our small groups. Those agreements help us to continue to learn how to be the people and the community that we want to be. We do need to know the difference between kindly, personally, and directly calling attention to harm and being perfectionists. Not everything that seems like a mistake is a behavior that falls outside the Community Relations Pact or is hurtful along the lines of marginalization and cultural privilege. Those of us who have privilege can sometimes get confused between comfort and safety. What if the feedback receiver's natural face includes a beautiful spot that's unusual? Or the mark the feedback receivers made is an intentional reflection of their cultural heritage? As much as possible, if we can use observations and curiosity as we call each other's attention back to the Community Relations Pact, 
we'll be prepared for better conversations. There are times when we need to receive news or feedback that causes us discomfort, but by receiving it and responding to it constructively with curiosity and humility, we can more easily go about building beloved community. This is especially true when it comes to feedback about how cultural privilege along race, gender or gender identity, disability, sexual orientation, class impacts others. I will tell you that when someone points out a mistake that I made that hurt someone on the basis of my cultural privilege, I do not always choose the best response, but I'm trying to do better. As we are giving and receiving feedback, all of us givers and receivers can keep in mind these borders of privilege and marginalization and how we can cross them with love and justice. So as we move into the centering time of our platform, let's reflect on what we can all learn from each other and how we can put love and learning in front of us as we build a healthy, inclusive, anti-racist community together. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, as a baseball fan, I'm particularly mindful of the additional burden placed on Native Americans by indignity and disrespect in the world of sports. As we listen, uh, sorry. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. As we continue our mindfulness moment, I invite you to close your eyes or soften your gaze, find a comfortable and stable position, perhaps putting your feet flat on the floor if you're seated in a chair, hold your posture in a way that is alert and yet at ease. Take a nourishing breath, savor it, and let it out. And let's listen to these words by the Reverend Teresa Isoto adapted by the Reverend Dr. Megan Foley. Reverend Teresa Soto writes, all of us need all of us to make it. I want you to get used to these words, hold them in mindfulness. All of us need all of us to make it. This is why we support the Black Lives Matter movement. Please take a moment to center the struggle for black lives in your thoughts. Say it with me, loud or soft. All of us need all of us to make it. In a world where some of us are targeted for struggle and brutality, where others of us benefit and flourish, we say, all of us need all of us to make it. In a world where powerful people of ill will and indifference make us fearful for our safety and our futures, we say, all of us need all of us to make it. In the excruciating space that lives between seeing and naming, 
in hearing and changing. We say, all of us need all of us to make it. Make a picture in your mind of someone you aren't very happy with right now. Look at their face in your mind and say, all of us need all of us to make it. We believe that all of us need all of us to make it. And this is why we are in solidarity with the movement for Black lives today and every day. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. Welcome by the Reverend Dr. Christian Harper. Everybody wants a seat at the table. Blacks, Latinos, Asians, the poor, the disabled, gays, and lesbians. Where are all the straight, white, moderate men supposed to sit? I'm not prejudiced. I'm just asking. And what table are they talking about? My table only seats eight comfortably and I have service for 10. You'll just have to wait your turn. 
Can you imagine if we just let anyone sit at our table? Why, we might have people who can't tell their salad fork from their dinner fork, or people who eat with their hands. I shudder to think. Anyone is welcome at my table in my home, as long as you don't have grease stains on your clothes or have and have washed your hands before you touch my silverware. Everyone is welcome at my table, as long as you don't try to proselytize me to your religion or your politics, and don't get upset when I question yours. After all, it wasn't my faith that taught me to eat Jesus and drink his blood. Come on in, I say, but don't make fun of my Pan-African sculpture and paintings mixed with chintzy curio precious moment figurines. If you don't dress up and don't have every hair in place and you don't smell too fresh, you are welcome, but don't sit on the good leather or the new futon cover. Here, let me get you a towel. I am told the outside shower works very well. Everyone is welcome at my table as long as you sit still and don't wiggle or interrupt the grown-up conversations. Children should be seen and not heard. But if they should be dressed up, but if they should be dressed dressed up in bows and satin so they can entertain us, don't worry if they aren't talented. It only reflects on your upbringing, not mine. Truth is, I don't really have the room for you. Maybe next time. Go ahead, Carol, you're on. Sorry. Good morning, again. I'm sure that some of us who regularly make speeches, give presentations, et cetera, share a trade secret. We have a file of stock presentations, talks, et cetera. When we are invited to speak, we pull out our file, dust off and update the document that most closely fits the occasion and move on. I have such stock presentations from several years of conducting beyond categorical thinking workshops on behalf of the Unitarian Universalist Association, as well as other venues. But for some reason, when I received an invitation to the Washington Ethical Society, I felt called upon to do something new. My Unitarian Universalist congregation had just gone through the process of hiring what is called a developmental minister, someone who is hired to be with the congregation for four through seven years to help work on specific endemic problems that have impacted their vitality. As you might imagine, what we are going through now is virtually a complete deconstruction of all that we have held dear for so long. We are re-examining our mission, vision, goals, rethinking our governance structure, assessing staffing, how we do worship, and so forth. We are doing this work through the perspective of our recent adoption of the eighth principle 
and the lens of anti-oppression and anti-racism and our congregational commitment to being an intentional multicultural beloved community. This extensive and intensive re-examination at my congregation, as well as parallel paths at the regional and national levels of my denomination, has led me to do a lot of thinking about the issue of welcoming. How do we do it? Whom do we welcome? After they enter, where do we seat them? Why do we want newcomers? What do we have to offer? Thus, the topic for this platform, the welcome table. Where's my seat? The first part of the title is drawn from a song that's in the main Unitarian Universalist hymnal. We're gonna sit at the welcome table, hallelujah. We're gonna sit at the welcome table one of these days, all kinds of people around the table. No fancy style at the welcome table. I've never particularly liked that song. Too simplistic, too nursery rhymey. The second part of the title, Where's My Seat, is drawn from a famous quote by the late Honorable Shirley Chisholm, the first African-American woman elected to Congress and the first black woman to run for president on a major party ticket. The quote, if they don't offer a seat at the table, then bring a folding chair. I did a quick survey of the 23 Ethical Union Society's websites to see if and how they drew me in, an African-American woman of a certain age. Most of the websites had language defining humanism, but did not state it in an inviting way. Some Unitarian Universalists say that when they come to a UU congregation, they then realize that they've been UUs all of their lives. I think this is likely true for some who arrive at the doors of an ethical culture society. But sometimes both denominations fail to make a connection, at least on their public face, that makes it easier for folks to enter. Some of the language really pushes seekers out. Some of the terms used on these websites were warm and vibrant, welcoming, interest in, in diversity. But I saw little text that invited me in. The ones that did interest me, however, were the ones with pictures of diverse people in terms of age, race, ethnicity, doing things together. None of these were pictures sitting in a platform. Even if the pictures that were shown did not reflect the current demographics of the congregation, I read into them that these pictures were aspirational. By the way, UU congregations are even more effusive in their self-praise of themselves as warm and welcoming. But the question for me is, do any of our websites reflect not only who we are now, but who we hope to be? Do we offer a seat at the table without providing the possibility of newcomers agencies to agency to make decision on the place they can sit? Both the Ethical Union and the UUA have made many attempts to address and eradicate the barriers that have made both overwhelmingly white denominations. I've worked on all of these initiatives for most of my time as a UU over 30 years. I've probably been to more than 100 webinars, study groups, conferences, summits on various aspects of being more welcoming, 
not only toward people who are Black, Indigenous, people of color, BIPOC, but to also to others who are on the margins in society writ large, as well as in the congregations and societies we say we long for them to be part of. At the weekend workshop, I believe we began to surface some of the barriers to make that happen. By the way, another little secret. I startled the people who prepared this morning's platform service by saying that after Friday night, I had to tear up what I planned to write, to speak on and rewrite my platform. The truth is it's basically the same, but with more sharpness of focus and more sense of urgency. And here's why. I have to pause for a minute, get some water, please. On Friday night, I presented the results of an anonymous survey of 25 members of West at the opening of the workshop. The survey had invited workshop residents, registrants to list their concerns and comments about calling a leader of marginalized identity, specifically BIPOC, transgender, people with physical, mental, or cognitive disabilities, and members of the lesbian, gay, bisexual communities. When I met with the leader search committee a couple of weeks ago, I cautioned that when members of West with, the, uh, with these same identities heard some of the comments that might be made by their fellow congregants, they might likely be wounded. When they found out that West members targeted, harbored negative feelings about members of their identity group, they would probably be shocked and hurt that they were othered in the midst of a place where they assumed they were safe. This happened on Friday night when the results of the concerns and benefits analysis related to potential candidates for leader who were BIPOC, most pointedly black, were presented. There was hurt. There were tears, including mine. I hurt for those wounded and it triggered my past wounds as well. That's when I scrapped my careful plans for the rest of the evening and focused on healing of those wounds. I commend those who were wounded, but who stayed at the table returning for part two of the workshop the next day. I also commend the bravery of the persons who publicly owned the hurtful comments. The work we did that night and the next day and that many Wessers I'm calling you, committed to continuing, make me feel hopeful. If West members commit to doing the work of unpacking the racism, sexism, transphobia that is present and sit side by side with all of the good work you have done and plan to do in this area, you may or may not call a leader of marginalized status, but for certain, whoever comes will find a congregation working on the matter that to me is central to Wes's living up to who you say you are, and more importantly, who you say you want to be. This is an extended analogy that works for me. I live in a family home where I grew up. I've left several times for college to get married for a job in another city. I've also returned several times between marriages and other relocations and uh, disruptions in my life. 
So there are boxes in the attic from various stages and stages of my life. But now family circumstances have forced me to move. So I must open every box and find a new home for or discard the items within. Sorting through these boxes brings me moments of joy, but also pain. I have to relive some painful, painful periods of illness, death, divorce, and the other pangs of life. Recalling these unresolved events triggers my tears. And I'm not a crying woman, as I said a couple of times during the workshop. I know that I've got to get some help in emotionally as well as physically unpacking these boxes. There are people in my life with whom I need to reconcile. But I know and feel that there can be no true reconciliation without the painful excavation and examination of the truth. This is where I think Wes and many predominantly white organizations are. Got to get to the truth. Got to find a language to speak honestly and directly and timely when there are microaggressions, inappropriate interactions, and other behaviors that get in the way of what you say you want to be. Keep in mind that people who are more likely to be part of West and who are also in marginalized communities cannot do all. Some would say most, some would say any of this work. Think about that. Asking them to do the work is akin to asking guests you intend to invite to your house for a special occasion to come clean it up first. This is work you must own. Yeah, there are resources available from the AEU, from the UA, and many other places, but it's yours to do. My, on a slightly different note, my take is that West members are generally a polite bunch. Your leadership search committee and interim leader have promoted this beyond categorical thinking work, workshop weekend through pulpit announcements, email blasts, and newsletter articles. I thank you for all of your work with a particular shout out to Andrea Naranjo, the member of the leadership uh, search committee assigned to coordinate the workshop, Perry Bieber, LSC chair, uh, John Pfeiffer, who supported the workshop and my preparation for it with patience and expertise, and particularly to those 34 or so people who came on Friday and again on Saturday. You might not say it, but by now some of you might be wondering, who is she? Why is she here? Won't we have enough cottage and congregational meetings, focus groups, et cetera, about our leader search? Didn't we do a white supremacy teaching? Don't we do good work locally and nationally on racial and social justice issues? Well, it might be a good idea to tell you what I'm not here to do. I'm not from the UU headquarters in Boston, down here to tell you whom to select for your leaders. I'm a volunteer, not paid staff, part of a diverse category cadre of UUs who are both laity and clergy who are trained to do this work. I am not here to represent the interests of the UUA or even your LSC. It is West members using the resources of your leadership search committee and the gifts of your interim leader who will decide to do the difficult work necessary to prepare for a new chapter in the life of the Washington Ethical Society. 
In this time of the pandemic, a leader search is proving perhaps could prove particularly challenging. And I admire your resiliency. I am one, only one, but I think Lewis can do this. West can provide plenty of good seating at the table and not blow the salt. This is my passion, my calling, if you will. The work that was only begun during this past weekend's workshop and the work that I hope you will continue to do is simply a way for all of us to expand our thinking about who might sit at our table as a new leader and helps you to prepare to welcome all to your door. In the words of Reverend Peter Morales, former president of the Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregations, someone, a long lost relative of the human family is coming into our lives. At church, it happens every single Sunday. May you and I be there with anticipation in our hearts, warm smiles on our faces, and eyes ready to truly meeting the eyes of another, and our arms extended saying, welcome, welcome. Carol, thank you so much for that platform address and for all of your leadership this weekend. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. In the time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values we're lifting up today. You might find it helpful to have a question to focus on, in which case you can reflect on this one. How can you be sure that there is seating for all? How can we be sure that there is seating for all, perhaps? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. Thank <laughs> you. 
at the table for everyone. There is a room at the table for everyone. Once again, Leah just nails it. All right, so this is our community response period, a time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. Again, you might reflect on the question that was offered. How can we be sure there is seating for us all? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you're watching the recording later. I will try and read as many as I can keep up with. So, um, Ajesh says, thank you, Carol. Amazing. Vincent Tyler, also thanking Carol for the platform. Julie Drizzen, what a fabulous platform. And Leah, of course. Donna Taylor, thanking you, Carol. A lot to think about and act on. Uh, Mark Mayer says, thank you, Leah. Stellar music as always. Yes, indeed. Couple more have come in. Karen Skofieleka, thanks so much to Carol for a great platform and the deep thinking the workshop has stimulated. Now on to the action. Kristen Hunter, with Leah's permission, can we sing this song a lot this year? Make it our song of the year. Uh, Jamie and Carrie, Carrie Ansel, uh, thanks for a great platform, Carol. The workshop was very valuable and I really appreciate your work with our community. So that was from Jamie in particular. Um, I see some people are sending their comments to hosts and panelists, which is fine because I will read them if I can keep up with them, but you might want to change that to everyone. Um, Lynn's pointing out there's a workshop coming up from, for greeters and ushers about being truly welcome and inclusive. We already have a few people going. It's $5 to join the team on November 6th. This is being offered by the UUA Central East Region. Sue Jacobson says, thank you so much to Carol for your thought-provoking platform and Leah and Perry for the music. Well, on the latter part, you're very welcome, Sue. Glad you enjoyed the piano. Uh, Peter Bishop says, I love the way she asked the question of, haven't we been working hard enough on multiculturalism? Her answer was a wonderful answer for many of us, I think. The work to create more inclusiveness is important and should continue. And it probably is never done. Um, Shayla, thank you, Carol, for helping us think about how to be more welcome and hospitable. Uh, I'm guessing this is again, Jamie, I'm very much looking forward to the CRC workshop in January on sustaining communication. I think it will be very helpful follow on to the work started at the BCT workshop. That makes sense. I should put that one on my calendar too. Trang, <clears throat> I like the dinner analogy. I also think it's important to think about a partnership among all to create the menu together, in addition to creating room for all at the table. Thanks to Carol for your leadership and guidance for BCT. From Abby, uh, Carol, I appreciate that you're, whoops, scrolling down, that your calling has brought you to us to help us with this work. 
Uh, Carol is thanking all of us for our comments. Judy Ohm says, I like the idea of the way that our websites portray us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good feedback. <laughs> Julie Drizzen says, nice metaphor, Trang, about uh, uh, designing the menu as well as making room at the table. Well, thank you everyone for your comments. Uh, more may come in, but I think we will move on now. Um, just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our material gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to Unitarian Universalists for social justice. The mission of UUSJ is to advance equitable national policies and actions aligned with UU values through engagement, education, and advocacy. Some of the core values that UUSJ works on include voting rights and democracy, environmental action, immigration justice, and economic equality. Local societies that are members of the UUA can be institutional members of UUSJ, and people can be individual members as well. Gifts to UUSJ support programs such as the Right Here, Right Now letter writing campaigns to Congress, citizen advocacy training programs such as the Storytelling for Advocacy Project, and public witness activities for social, economic, immigration, and environmental justice. On the slide, you will see the number to give by text for today's collection, 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music. Thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, plus musical guests, Steve Adams and the We Thrive Virtual Choir and whoever that piano player was. Uh, thank you to membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, 
slide artists John and Abby Dakin and tech host Kate Lang. Thanks to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thank you to Indara Miles for leading today's C class for third to fifth grades. And of course, thank you again to our platform speaker today. Um, thank you also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. We hope you'll join us again next Sunday, October 31st for Remembrance Sunday, led by interim leader Lynn Cox. That will actually be the second of two remembrance ceremonies uh, that weekend. Uh, please, the day before, join us for an in-person outdoor socially distant vigil on the 30th from 5 to 7 p.m. This event will feature music from Mari Breen Rothman and Susan Alexander and poetry from Gail Danley. While reservations are not required, your reservation will help us ensure that there are enough candles for all. Masks and signing in will be required. Please let us know you're attending by following the RSVP link in news and notes. For the Zoom Remembrance Day platform on October 31st, we will be creating a photo slideshow of the loved ones that we will be remembering this year. Please send any photos you'd like to have included to Robin at robynk at ethicalsociety.org by Thursday, October 28th. Also next weekend, families of children of all ages are invited to the Halloween hike on October 31st at 2 p.m. This will be led by scouts from BSA Troop 1123, the inclusive and welcoming troop chartered here at WES. The difficulty level of the hike will be age appropriate and all are welcome to hike in costume. Meet on the back patio at WES at 2 p.m. on the 31st. There are no Sikh classes next week, so the hike is our main event for families. For more information, contact Sonia Coopers by emailing scoutmaster1123 at gmail.com. Looking further ahead, please mark your calendar for some mores and more, a social event for West members at the home of Genevieve McDowell Owen on Saturday, November 6th at 5 p.m. See the link to sign up in this past Thursday's news and notes email. Because this event is at a member's home, there's a requirement that those who are eligible for vaccination have done so, though children 12, younger than 12 are also welcome. I think the sign-up link for that has just appeared in the chat. November 7th, we hope to begin streaming platform from the main hall, practicing for the day when we can welcome attendees in the hall by reservation. To make that work, we need three additional volunteers for the tech team. Please contact John Pfeiffer to schedule training so that we can make progress toward our hybrid future. Similarly, if your special talent is as a greeter or usher, you can help make in-person attendance at Platform possible by contacting Maceo Thomas and letting him know when you're available to be scheduled as a greeter or usher. If we can fill our schedule with committed volunteers, we will be able to accept reservations for limited in-person attendance at Platform in December. Remote participants, don't worry, we will still offer Platform by Zoom for the foreseeable future. Again, this is all contingent on getting three more volunteers for the tech team. 
November 7th is also the next in-person meeting for the pre-K through second grade Sunday Ethical Education for Kids class. Contact SEEK coordinator and Dara Miles if there's a kid in your family who would like to attend SEEK at West. You can email her at ndaram at ethicalsociety.org to learn more. And I will make one more plug. Uh, speaking of registrations, I hope people will sign up for the Leader Search Committee's focus groups meeting this week and the cottage meetings held the first two weeks in November. Uh, details on that were linked in that same news and notes that went out on Thursday. And I think we had our own message uh, following that on Friday. So please take a look at that. You can find the details for these and all other events on our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. We're nearing the end of platform. Whether you've been with us live on Zoom or later on the recording, thank you for being here with us. Now let's enjoy together our closing song of the month, We Shall Be Known. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle around to tend these bags. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now.
his great turning we shall learn to lead in love. In his great turning we shall learn to lead in love. In his great turning we shall learn to lead in love. Before we close, I'd like to share one more reading, this one from the late Reverend Dr. Hope Johnson. We are one, a diverse group of proudly kindred spirits, here not by coincidence, but because we choose to journey together. We are active and proactive. We care deeply. We live our love as best we can. We are one working, eating, laughing, playing, singing, storytelling, sharing, and rejoicing, getting to know each other, taking risks, opening up, questioning, seeking, searching, trying to understand, struggling, making mistakes, paying attention, asking questions, listening, living our answers, learning to love our neighbors, learning to love ourselves, apologizing and forgiving with humility and being forgiven through grace, creating the beloved community together. We are one. Thank you, Carol. Now I invite everyone to join me in our closing words for the month. Wait for them to show up on the slide momentarily. There they are. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, cultivating relationships with each other, our own conscience, and our neighbors in our quest for a better world. Please join us for a virtual coffee hour by pointing your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. You can also find the link in the Zoom, uh, in the chat or on the slide. Uh, once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you're welcome to drift in and out of as you choose to greet different people. If you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at, and introduce yourself. Uh, that's M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. And we hope to see you again next Sunday. Hope everyone has a great week between now and then. Be well.